0: I want to talk to you from my heart tonight and uh, you're probably going to hear a lot more along these lines over the next few weeks, perhaps longer, I don't know, but I want to direct your attention for a few moments tonight to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm going to read verse number 12, 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Verse number 12, while you're turning there, don't be surprised if you hear a common theme that begins to surface over the next few weeks. I feel a direction from the Lord for this church, and I know that we are not what we need to be, and I know we can be better than we are. And by God's help, that's where we're going. And everybody said amen. Amen. Everybody that's willing to make yourself available to the Lord for what He might want to do, I pray that you will start tonight. Amen. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12, it simply reads this, For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves, but they... Measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. I want to read that again. For we dare not make ourselves of the number or compare ourselves with some that commend themselves. But they measuring themselves by themselves and comparing themselves among themselves are not wise. One translation says that they gain no understanding or no advantage by that kind of living. I want to talk to you tonight from this subject, how to ruin a church. Amen. How to ruin Church, I will talk to you about how to ruin your life. Amen. Talk to you about how to ruin your family. God, help us right now. I've tried all day, today, and yesterday to put my hands around what I felt in the spirit. And I pray that tonight you would loose my tongue. Give me the ability to speak, Lord, your word to your people. They are so good. They are so blessed tonight to be in your presence. Help us in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I think all of us, to some degree, are concerned about the direction that our world is going. I believe that more than that, I, I believe that we all are, are concerned about the direction that our country is heading. I met a man just this week from Lafayette, Louisiana, um uh, gentleman that uh, in any other situation I would never have met him in life, but it just so happened that we were at the same place at the same time and began a conversation And it wasn't long until he asked me what I thought about uh, our country and uh, was uh, the direction that our government was going, what did I feel about it. And I said, well, I don't like it. I don't like the direction that our country's headed. And he said, well, I'm glad to hear that. He found out I was a preacher. And so he immediately began to talk about his concerns as a man, about uh, where our country is going. Where does the deterioration of anything begin? Where does the unraveling of a nation or a culture or a church or a life or a family, where does that begin? Where does all of the confusion and the unhappiness and the ruined lives. Where, where does that? Where is the beginning point of all of that? Where does the lowering of standards begin? I, I, I know that we can talk about the world, and we can talk about the nation, and we can talk about uh, a lot of other things. But I think most of us are even concerned about the state of the church. Where are we headed as a church? Where are we going as a people? The thing that comes back to me over and over again, I never have thought about it before in this context, but now that I'm 56 or 7, whatever I am, I I begin to have a new perspective on life and I'm wondering, you know, I'm not going to be able to do this the rest of my life. At some point I'm going to have to give it up and step out of the way and let somebody else take over and what 's going to happen well not only that, if God tarries and i 'm healthy and can stay around here in five years or so what what are we going to be? What are we going to look like? What are we going to have as a body? Where are we going to be? Does it matter to you where we are headed? Does it come about because we don 't preach it anymore i had a man tell me the other day that the reason that there's a lowering of the standards of life and in the church is because we don't preach that anymore. But, you know, I I don't know that that's the truth because I I know that those principles are preached here in this church often. And we don't hammer on it every day, but it is our responsibility to live a life that is uh, a, a reflection of God and His purpose. But... Where does the lowering of a standard in a nation or in a church or in a person, where does it begin? And to understand that, it is going to take a lot of wisdom and certainly it's going to take a, a, a great deal of understanding. Wisdom in scripture is a very important thing. As a matter of fact, Scripture is full of the outlining of wisdom. And there is one book, the book of Proverbs, that is a book that is the pursuit of that one thing and that is wisdom. It defines it, it outlines it, it describes it in all of its hue and color. And he said of wisdom, it is the chief thing, it is the most important thing in life. If you get anything, he said, in all thy getting, get wisdom. So what is it about wisdom? What is wisdom in, in reality? And the, the definition of wisdom is simply the ability to judge correctly and then to follow the best course of action that are, that's based upon that judgment, that is based upon that knowledge and understanding that you have received. The literal translation of the Hebrew word speaks of dexterity or skill. And so in our modern vernacular, if we were to try to describe or define wisdom, we would simply say that wisdom is life skills. It is knowing how to live life at its best. It is wisdom that that is the ability to live life well to its optimum, to its peak and to get out of life everything that God intended for us to gain in life. And so it is important for us to pursue wisdom and that we might know what to do and that we might know how to respond. You see, wisdom is the ability to recognize that there are many options in life. But wisdom is knowing how to choose the right one. There's a lot of choices out there and there are many doors that I can go through. But wisdom is knowing which door to go through. Wisdom is understanding that there are many ways that one can live life. There are many ways that you can pursue life. But there is only one way that will lead to blessing and fruitfulness in your life. Wisdom is knowing that there are many attitudes that can be developed in life and toward life that can be adopted at, and all of those attitudes uh, have their outcome uh, of reward but there is only one attitude that leads to happiness and peace. And so wisdom is knowing how to find Whatever it is, what attitude is needed to produce the happiness and the joy. Wisdom is recognizing simply that there is a correct standard and there is a correct measuring of life. And that when you measure by that standard and you measure by that, that, that protocol, then you are assured of a good life, a happy life, a life that is filled with joy and peace. But you and I know tonight that is often anything but what life is reflected in this day in which we live. We live in a very troubled time, not only in the world but in the church. We're, we have a lot of troubles in our life. And so it, it comes because uh, I think uh, we, we don't, Seek after the proper kind of wisdom. But it is important tonight to know how to measure life. It is important to know how to measure life. It is important to know how to measure life. Knowing that life is too valuable to be wasted by wrong living. Knowing that God made me for better than this. It is the difference between life and death, knowing how to measure life is of utmost importance. And life is too important not to measure. Life is too important not to look at a standard and try to evaluate your life by that standard. And too much is at stake in life to not measure life. Our text illustrates the danger of what happens in a life and that what will cause it to get off course and what will cause it to pursue other things and become not just pursuers of those things but perfectionists in that. And Paul writing to uh, the Corinthian church was addressing a people. He was addressing an issue that was in the church in Corinth. He was trying to vindicate his apostolic authority uh, against so-called teachers that had come into the church uh, and that had attacked him. They had maligned and slurred and denigrated and criticized him. They, They had judged him by outward appearance as being unqualified to speak. They sneered at his bodily presence, he said, And they mocked his speech as contemptible. And Paul said as he points to them of the error of their way. He said the human weakness that I see manifest at this moment is simply this. You are measuring yourselves by yourselves. And you are comparing yourselves with others. Paul's point to the human weakness that produces the chaos and the confusion that was in that church and that is in our world even today. People don't know what is the right thing to do, what, what is the right uh, way to live and how do we judge these things. And so with all of that confusion and all of that uh, misunderstanding, you look for the source, where does that come from? Where does the lowering of a standard on a platform or in the church or in a nation or a a, a community, where does it begin? Yeah, I'm going to tell you where it begins. It begins when we measure ourselves by ourselves and we compare ourselves among ourselves. That is where it all begins. And if you want to know how to ruin a church You just start measuring everything we do around here by somebody sitting across the pew from you or on the other side of the church from you and you start judging your life based on their life and you are in the process of ruining your life, their life, and the life of this community as a church. It begins when we lower our standard and we begin to look at one another. Amen. Trying to be a little better than someone else. Listen to me. Trying to be a little better than someone else is a poor way to live. It's a cheap way to live. And it's a sorrowful way to live. When all that you're concerned about is the fact that you're not as bad as somebody else. Or if you only knew what they were doing, you wouldn't be so mad at me about what I'm doing. We're in trouble, folks. And I'm telling you, as the pastor of this church, that it is rampant among us. It is rampant among young people, it's rampant among young couples, it's rampant among even older adults. We're not judging ourselves by a righteous standard. We're looking around at somebody else in the congregation and saying, Well, I'm not as bad as they are, and that justifies what I'm doing right now. Hey, folks, whatever happened to living for the Lord and using Him as the standard by which I measure my life? You see, the way to ruin a church is for us to start looking at one another and judging one another and not just judging one another but justifying ourselves because somebody else around us is doing something and so it makes it okay for us to do what we are doing. Every life needs a standard. All, listen to me, all our judgments are relative to something. They are connected to something. All of our judgments, all of the decisions that I make in life are connected to something. They're either connected to a good proper standard or they are connected to a defective standard. And if I am making my judgments based upon a defective standard or a lower standard or a cheaper way to... You know what amazes me? Is it how many people even among us that are trying to find the cheapest way they can to get to heaven? The less I have to sacrifice, the less I have to do, the less that is expected of me, as long as I'm not as bad as brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so, as long as I'm not down on that level, I justify what I'm doing. When the truth of the matter is we need to lift up our eyes because there is a perfect standard by which we should all measure our lives. And until we do, we are in ruin and we are going to wish we had at some point gone back to the proper standard you see what needs to happen around greater life church and a lot of other churches tonight is the lifting of eyes from one another and look back to the one who represents the true measure of how we ought to live and he did it he did it in a flesh he did it fighting the same thing you and I fight. He did it dealing with the same pressures you and I are dealing with. He did it dealing with the same kind of people you and I deal with. But the Bible said he did it and he did it well and he left us an example. Peter said it. He wrote it to the church in Second Peter. He said he left us an example that we should follow. Hey, if you're following me, there's a... There's a better standard to judge your life by than me. If the only reason you come to church is because I'm here, you got got a bad standard. You you, you got a low standard. Outlook on life, if you're just trying to be as good as I am, or or if you're trying to and, and I'm just I'm just using me as an example, but that's a pretty poor way to live. If you're just trying to be a little better, then that's why we lower our standard. That's why things go out the window, that's why we lose our principles, that's why a church deteriorates, that's why a community deteriorates, that's why a nation deteriorates, is because we quit looking to the gold standard. We quit looking to the high standard and we start looking at ourselves and among ourselves and saying, well, you know, I'm not as bad as him and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not as, I, I, well, I'm, well I, you know, I, I'm comfortable because I'm lower, I, I've got things that I can justify the way I want to live. And Paul said that is a way to ruin your life. It's an unwise way to live. It's a foolish way. As a matter of fact, the Greek says it better than anything. The Greek says it's a stupid way to live. Amen. The human weakness in all of us is to look about and to find someone else and use them as a measure. And as long as I'm not as bad as they are, I'm all right. As long as I'm not doing what they're doing, or as much as they're doing, I'm okay. But by doing so, by doing so, I have chosen a poor measure for life. How often I hear... People trying to defend their position or their actions or their lifestyle. And this argument is used. Is that the way we want to live, folks? Is that really the way we want our church to go? Is that the way we want our families to become? Is that the way we want our personal life? Just a little better than someone else, but not as bad as others. Just a little better. What a cheap way to live. How low a standard to live by. That's what's wrong with our nation right now. That's what's wrong with the church as a whole. Is because we have quit looking to him as our guide and as our example. And we started looking around. And we do that because we want to get by with what we're doing. We do that because we want to feel good and okay about something that we know, like Brother Jay said, he he didn't want to come to church because he knew what he was doing was wrong. That's not the case anymore. People are bold. They'll sin like the devil and walk in, sit down on a pew. They'll get up on the platform. That, That nothing embarrasses us anymore. We're not ashamed of anything anymore. And the reason is because when we look around, we can always find somebody that's a little worse than we are. Hey folks, I've been around this a long time and there's always going to be somebody worse than you in the church. I don't care how low you get. There's going to be somebody hanging on or somebody connected to the church that's going to be lower. That's not the standard we need to be living by. That's not the standard we need to be judging by. There's got to be something that happens in our spirit, in our mind, in our life that elevates our eyes and reminds us what this is all about. This is not about us. This is about His glory. This is not about how we look. It's about how He looks and what we are doing to present Him to the world. I've often used the analogy that if, and I think most of you would agree with me, this is the path the world is going. Or maybe it's like that. But let's just use for illustration, this is the path the world's going. It's going down. Everybody agree on that? All right, and here's the church. We're supposed to be out of that. We're not supposed to be a part of that. So this is where the church is. Now if the world is going this And we say, well, we're we're as far away as we ought to be. Where are we going? The point is simply this. The closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the wider the gap is going to be between what a child of God looks like, acts like, talks like, and reflects the principles of than the world in which we live. And if there's anything that brings us closer to them, something is wrong with our standard of measure. Something is wrong with what we're trying to gauge life by. And there are some of us struggling right now with a lot of things. And the reason we are is because we are judging ourselves among ourselves. Why life doesn't work and why many people are miserable is we are comparing ourselves among ourselves. If your goal in life is just to be a little better than someone else, how limited your life will be. If you look around and pick someone out as a measure and you have just enough to be above them, you have still lowered the standard of your life. What are you saying, Brother Hughes? I'm saying it's time that we get our eyes off of each other. And get them back on him. Amen. Whatever happened. To Jesus Christ. Being our example. Whatever happened. To trying to be like the Lord. What happened. To us being. Like him. They called them Christians. First at Antioch. It was not a compliment. It was a slanderous thing. They said it derogatory toward those. And the reason they said it is because Christian meant Christ like. And the worst thing that they could think of that they could say about them and they could call them was a Christian. Not a bad name to be called by. To be Christ like. To be like Him. To be like Jesus on earth. You know the truth is. It doesn't matter what anyone else is doing. Or what anyone else is thinking. What matters is what does the Lord require of me. Do we test our actions by. What would Jesus do? Remember that. Saying that was so popular and so hot. Not too many years ago. And now has faded out of oblivion. Because people don't want to. They don't want to know what Jesus would do anymore. Because it would cramp their style. It would hedge on their life. If they had to really go back and ask themselves that question, what would Jesus do? Then they would have to modify what they're doing and how they're living. But because we're not interested in what Jesus would do anymore, we can justify. And that's why churches around the world have degraded. Church has been dumbed down to such a level that it's, it's embarrassing sometimes that, that we call, I mean, men that, that call themselves preachers curse in the pulpit. I don't mean just by accident. I mean on purpose. And they think nothing of it. They speak a word, but then go and live a life that is contrary. You know what, church? Your life here should be the same life reflected out there or wherever you go. If you're a child of God, there should be no inconsistency in your life. But you listen to me. When you start measuring yourself among others and with yourself, that's where inconsistency comes from. That's where the unraveling begins. That's where the deterioration begins. When we begin to judge ourselves among our, ourselves. Much of the smugness of life is due to the low standard of comparisons. Hey, I have a novel idea. Why don't we be like Jesus? Why, why, why don't we measure ourselves by him? Paul said to the Ephesians in chapter 5, Be ye followers of God. The Greek says, Be imitators of God. You know how children, they're so amusing because they try to mimic everything in life that they encounter. Callie, two years old, it's amazing the things that she picks up and she says and repeats, because we are natural imitators. We were made to be an imitator. We were made to be like him. We're not him, but we're made to be like him. And so there is something innately born in all of us to imitate that can also go to a bad direction, when we begin to compare ourselves among ourselves, what we imitate is less than what we ought to be. Hey, I have an idea, church. Why don't we go back to finding out what he would do? Amen. Happiness, peace, contentment, unity, joy, all of it has to do with the measuring of life. How you assess it, how you evaluate it, how you appraise it, how you determine, how you value, how you judge, how you shape life. And there are a lot of people, and I said it a while ago, they want to get to heaven as cheaply as possible. They say, well, I'm as good as. Well, at least I'm not doing what they are doing. If you knew what they were doing, that's a cheap standard by which to live life. Amen. That's a cheap standard. What are you missing by living like that? What am I missing if I allow my life to become measured by such a standard? Let's raise the standard of greater life, church. Amen. I said let's raise the standard of greater life, church. Let's get back to being like Him. Let's be like Jesus. How about it? How about it, church? How how about us getting back to Him being the measure by which we measure life and Him being the standard by which we judge our life? How about us love like He loves? Amen. How about us love like... Hey, I have a novel idea. How about us forgive like He forgives? You know there are people... I've been pastoring here 20 years in January. This coming January, 20 years. And there are people that I have pastored through the years that all it would have taken to have turned their life around was for them just to simply forgive somebody or forgive something that had happened and they just refused to do it. And they're miserable. A lot of them are not even in church anymore. And there are some that still come to church, but they're as miserable as miserable can be. They're as miserable and tormented as a cat in a room with a thousand rocking chairs. Amen. Unhappy. Life is like a roller coaster. And when you look at their life and you look at what they're measuring by They're measuring by a poor standard. Hey, how about us give like he gave? How about us do like he did? Hey, I've got an idea. How about us care like Jesus cared? Amen. I wonder what would happen around Greater Life Church in the next month if we would do these five things. Love like he is. Forgive like Him, give like Him, do like Him, care like Him. I wonder what would happen in the next month in your personal life. The liberty, the joy, the forgiveness, the cleansing, the healing, the restoration, the renewing, the strength that would come back to your life, the vitality that would come back if you would just do those simple things. Get your eyes off of everybody else and quit comparing yourselves with yourself or among others and look to one who is a perfect example of what we ought to be. Amen. And listen, folks, it's not an impossible example either. It's a doable thing. Where does it all begin? How do you ruin a church? You ruin a church by comparing yourselves among yourselves and measuring yourself with yourself. You ruin your family. You ruin yourself. You ruin your friendships by measuring by a poor standards. There's only one true standard to live by, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And if we would get more in tune with that and more hungry for that, all of us would be better. Our church would be better. The purity that would flow through this place would be amazing. The unity that it would bring to us would be mind-boggling. Amen. And you know what will happen? You're going to notice a lifting of the standard. I, I'm not blind to some things that have been going on around here. Little things that I've seen creeping in. And you know what? I can't make you live for God a certain way. I can't. I'm going to elevate a standard, and I'm going to show you, and I am going to maintain that standard among our church family as much as possible. I can't make anybody live for God, but I am going to tell you this: if you'll do what I'm telling you tonight if you'll get your eyes off of everybody else and start wondering and being concerned with what would Jesus do, what would Jesus think about me looking like this or talking like this or being here where I'm at or acting like I'm... If, if we got more in tune with that and less in tune with what's around here, life is going to raise itself to a higher standard. And you know what you're going to notice? Stuff's going to start Disappearing. Amen. All that stuff that we have, all of that garbage that we have to bring into our life to try to make ourselves feel better, when you get connected to Him, He'll make you feel better than anybody can make you feel. He'll raise your self-esteem level. He'll make you feel like you're a whole person again. You know what the the world teaches you that you're not complete if you don't do this or you don't buy that or you don't have this or you don't have that you don't drive this, you don't live there, you're not complete or if you don't look like this, you need to go have some kind of surgery done on you so you can look like this that you're not right? That's what all of the 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 fantasy of the world is, you're not you're not good enough. God made a mistake when he made you. He he messed up. You'd be a whole lot prettier. You'd be a whole lot more attractive. You'd be a whole lot more uh, interesting, you, 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 all of that. The world is trying to tell us that we're not what God says we are. But if you get back to the book and you get back to what the Word says, you won't worry too much about what the world thinks. You're going to be more concerned about what He thinks. And when we get back to worrying about what He thinks about us, All of a sudden, something happens. The church begins to rise to a new level. Our lives are elevated. We find peace and contentment and joy and happiness. And we find that we are free. Praise God. We're really free. Amen. Let's stand together.